Each spring, Pensacola Christian College hosts the Enrichment Retreat designed for pastors, ministry leaders, and church staff to enjoy a time of rest and to be refreshed by the Word of God. Today's message was from a past Enrichment Retreat keynote speaker. Visit enrichmentretreat.com for details or to learn more about the upcoming retreat. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Let's bow forward to prayer. Father, I thank you for this privilege to be able to be here today. And uh, many of these folks have come from a distance, Lord, just to be revived, encouraged, enriched, and helped. And so, Lord, I, I just want to do my part. I surrender myself to you. May the Spirit of God use the challenge today and to pray to help all of us to be faithful. Thank you for your faithfulness, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you this morning ever talk to yourself? Raise your hand. Now, if you're saying, do I talk to myself? You just talk to yourself. Okay. How many of you, when you talk to yourself, you answer yourself? You know, we think sometimes that's weird and, and uh, it's, it's, you know, something wrong with us. But the truth of the matter is, um, David talked to himself. He said in Psalm 42, verse 6, he said, Why art thou cast down on my soul? Um, hope thou in God. And so David said, he's talking to himself and he said, why am I struggling? Why am I discouraged? Um, Hope in God. Trust in God. Remember in in, um, 1 Samuel chapter 30, when uh, they came back after battle and so forth, came back to Ziklag, and and he found that uh, their wives and children and their possessions had been taken away. And and David's men thought about, uh, talked about killing him. Remember what David did? He encouraged himself in the Lord. I often wonder, what did he do when he, when he encouraged himself in the Lord? Well, he must have been talking to himself and saying, um, now, David, God has been with you before. He's taken you through all these problems you've ever, you've ever experienced. You defeated Goliath and all these things. The same God, he's still on the throne. And, and even though you do this trial, God will still see you through this like he saw you through all the other things. So he, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And so there's nothing weird or wrong about talking to yourself or even answering yourself. Um, What is wrong is this, is when we lie to ourselves. Now, none of us like it when others lie to us, right? You know, uh, we'll have the part there by Friday. Three Fridays later, the part shows up. We don't like that. The check's in the mail. Uh, Maybe you've used that one. We don't like that. You know, it's not good when others lie to us, but it's even worse when we lie to ourselves. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 6.17 that uh, one of the things that God hates is a lying tongue. And so he doesn't like it when others lie to us. He doesn't like it when we lie to ourselves. Now, some of the lies that people tell themselves is this, God's people, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, but we know that's not true. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. How about this one? I'm all alone in the world. But if you're a child of God, you can never be alone. So I will never leave you nor forsake you. And uh, yea, though I walk the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Now, what's even worse than 
just lying to ourselves is when we begin to believe the lies that we tell ourselves. Now, what lie is that that we're going to talk about today? Well, it's this lie that it's not worth it all. It's not worth it all. Now, the only way that we can overcome lying is telling the truth. And the only way to overcome lies is with the truth. And we know that God's word is truth. It's the only, it's the main source of truth. Sanctify them through thy word, thy truth, thy word is truth. You should know the truth, the truth shall make you free. And I found this in my own life sometimes, like in Romans chapter 3, I think it is, where it says, let God be true, but every man a liar, sometimes that man is me. And I have to say to myself, Frank, you're, you're, you're lying to yourself because God says something else. He's always right. And if you're opposite of God, you're wrong. It's not worth it all. Sometimes those of us in Christian service are tempted to question, is it really worth it all? Missionaries who have to go from church to church for about two to three years to raise support just to go to a field uh, a land, a country where those people don't even want them to come. And sometimes the temptation may be, is it worth it all? I was recently counseling with a younger pastor. Anybody that's under 66 is young to me, but. <laughs> and um, he and his wife are going through a difficult time at the church. And some things have happened, and it's just, it's really sad. And. And so he, he, we were talking on the phone. He said, uh, Brother Gagnano, he said, my wife said to me these words, honey, is it worth it all? And he said, what's even worse, he said, I couldn't give her an answer because I've been asking myself the same question. Is it worth it all? Now, there are several reasons this morning why it's worth it all. And why we should keep the faith and finish our course. Uh, the first reason is because of God's love for us. But God commended his love toward us in that while we are sinners, Christ died for us. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors to him that loved us. And so why should we continue on and why should we uh, go th- uh, give our lives to God and, and whatever it is we're experiencing because of his love for us? The second of all, our love for him. We love him because he first loved us and then because of our obedience to the Lord. It's required to steward a man be found faithful. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, there's another incentive, and this is what I'm going to talk about this morning, um, that I, you're probably going to think something weird with me. But uh, another reason or incentive for you and me to keep living for the Lord and to do our best for him is rewards. Rewards. Now, there are temporary rewards, there are eternal rewards, there are physical rewards, there are, there are uh, spiritual rewards. You may say, well, Pastor Frank, isn't serving Jesus Christ for rewards a shallow or cheap motive? I had a man tell me years ago that uh, Christians who are serving Christ for rewards are sinning. Well, maybe in our thinking, 
we would say that. Uh, certainly our love for the Lord should cause us to want to be faithful to the end. But Jesus Christ is the one who initiated the incentive of rewards. And to continue to serve him faithfully. Now, uh, part of the way I believe that we have been created um, makes us have the desire to achieve or to be recognized for our achievements. For instance, um, students who study to get an A, why they want to they get a good grade in that class. Uh, they want to make the honor roll. Um, graduate from high school or college because you want to you want to get a good profession and uh, uh, and and a good career. Being rewarded for a job well done. Uh, you want a bonus and so forth. Sometimes without these incentives for rewards, uh, we would not be as diligent as we should be. And so the Lord knows us about us, so He offers rewards as an incentive uh, for us to do our best for Him. And so it says here, whatsoever you do, do it hardly as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance of he served the Lord Christ. And so hardly means with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, uh, put everything we have into our service for Christ. Plus, I believe that the Lord just really loves to bless his faithful servants. Now, what I want to answer this morning in, in the rest of our time so why the rewards? Why the rewards? Loving God should be enough. God's love for us should be enough. God's commandment for us, his calling on our lives should be enough for us to serve him and finish our course. But why does the Lord offer us in his word the incentive of rewards? Well, I have five answers to that this morning that we'll go through quickly and I hope you will turn in your Bibles to these passages of Scripture. First of all, go to Hebrews chapter 6, if you would, please. Hebrews chapter 6. Number one is this, because rewards can encourage us to endure hardships in our service for Jesus Christ. Rewards can encourage us to do to endure hardships in our service for Jesus Christ. Verse number 10. For our God is not unrighteous. Forget your work and labor of love, which you show toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance notice of hope unto the end. I mean, keep it up until it's over. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience. Now, how do you get patience? <clears throat> Anybody know? Through trials, uh, I always tell people, don't pray for patience, okay, because you'll, you'll, you'll get them, okay. Uh, it comes through trials and difficulties. And he says there that you may inherit the promise. That's talking about rewards. Sometimes in life, um, things get tough. Life in general is, is at times very difficult. And even the ministry, man, we have some wonderful things that take place in the ministry. And, and some, some weeks or some Sundays, say, man, this is just awesome. It is just so wonderful. And then the next week, it's like, wow, what happened? 
And sometimes we go through difficult times in life, even as pastors and those of us in full-time Christian service, just because we are serving Christ, we're not exempt from trials and tribulations. Sometimes it seems like life isn't good to us. Sometimes it seems like, seems like the ministry is not good to us. Some drop out of church. Some get out of the ministry. I was talking to a man just a few weeks ago. Uh, things are going tough for him in a church that we helped start. And, uh, and, and I didn't know it, but he told me, yeah, he said, I just resigned back in November. Some people get out of church and get away from God and, and because things are going wrong and so they respond this way to these hardships. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. I don't know if any of you know um, Bruce uh, Klingeman a missionary to Guam, and just a, a few weeks back, they were having a family day at the ocean. And one of their sons, Kate, I think he was 15 or 16 years old, drowned. Tragedy. And as you can imagine, he got in a, a reptide, and, and Bruce's dad swam out there to try to help him. He almost drowned, but he, could, he had a son, but he couldn't hang on to him. And, and it's just a tragedy, felt so guilty and just just was really broken. And he went for a few weeks where uh, he was just dead, you know, and you can imagine. And his heart was just, it's just sunk. And temptations of, is, it, is, is this worth it all? Uh, is uh, what we've gone through and, and we've given our lives to Christ and to serve him and, and, and this happens to us on the mission field. Is is, has it been a waste of time? Is it worth it all? And, and weighing all these things out. He sent me a video text the other day, and he just said, um, we got to thinking about what God has called him to do, and he said, I'm, I'm back in it. I'm back in it. We're still hurting. Our hearts are still broken. Uh, but God has called us to do something, and we're going to finish it. Rewards can encourage us to endure hardness and hardships in the service of Christ. Let's go to Second John, verse, uh, 2 John, then verse 6. Another reason for rewards, rewards can encourage us to stay on the right track. In verse number 6, and this is the love of God that we walk in his commandments, and this commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. This deceiver and antichrist, in verse number 8, look to yourselves that we lose not those things we have wrought, but that we receive a full what? reward. The Lord rewards us with incentives of reward so that uh, we will stay faithful to God and that uh, we won't get turned back into the life that we used to live before we gave our lives to Christ. The Apostle Paul talks about a man that, who was one of his uh, co-workers and who went on his missionary journeys with him. And, and in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 10, he says, For his demons have forsaken me. Anybody know the rest of that? Having loved this present world. 
Stand fast, therefore, in liberty with Christ, may us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And so God gives us rewards and offers these rewards so that we'll stay faithful and not get turned aside and turned away from God and get out of the ministry. You say, Pastor, uh, can, can somebody that is dedicated to Christ get turned aside and out of the ministry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was in Bible college and there was a, a man that was on the staff of the church that I was, uh, I was saved at in Rockford, Illinois. And uh, he, he was a, a godly man, appeared to be, and doing a great work. And he, his, his life was, I mean, he just really had a precious family, a couple children, um, precious wife. And uh, really, he was impacting a lot of people for Christ and impacting my own heart and life. I'll never forget, I was so distraught when I was in college because there's a man that I thought, wow, this, this, this guy is awesome. But somehow he got turned aside, got on drugs, alcohol, left his wife and children. And I've never forgotten that. I can imagine all the rewards that he was piling up and, and now he, he's, he's lost them because he didn't stay on track. Can I challenge you to, today, don't get sidetracked. Stay on the course. Um, you'll be glad one day that you stayed faithful. And so, uh, what are the things that uh, are incentives that God's given to us to, to uh, rewards? Well, to help us to endure the hardships of life, to help us stay on course. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 for the third one. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Rewards are earned, never given. And this is important. Rewards are earned, never given. In verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon that foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath not, excuse me, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a what? A reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, as so as by fire. Now, we understand today that salvation is freely given. We don't work for that. Um, it's, it's what God paid the price for, and, and all we can do is receive that gift. Rewards are compensations for faithful service for the Lord. And so you don't get rewarded just because you're saved. Um, they're not freely given rewards, they're earned. And so we get rewarded by uh, our faithful service to Christ. And so he says here uh, that um, there's going to come a day when uh, the Lord is, we're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ and as Christians and and we're given an account. Now, our sins have already been counted for. They've already been paid for. Jesus paid the price for all of it. Uh, praise the Lord. Amen. And so we don't, we don't pay for that sin. Jesus paid for it all. God's made be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But we know that we're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. And, and we're going to have an account of our lives in our Christian lives and what we did for our service for Christ. And why we did what we did in our service for Christ. And if we've been found faithful, 
Um, and if we have did our, did our, what we're doing for the cause of Christ and for his glory and honor, uh, the Bible says that uh, God's going to put our works into a fire. They'll be tried, and those that come out, uh, gold, gold, uh, gold and silver and precious stones, God said we will be rewarded uh, for our faithfulness to the Lord. And so rewards are, are things that God is offering to us uh, to help us to realize it's worth it all. It's worth it all. Staying the course, even through the difficulties of the ministry and of life. Not getting off track in sin. And then realizing that rewards have to be earned. I I don't just get them because I'm a Christian. Uh, I must serve Christ and serve with the right motives and, and do everything I can for the cause of Christ with the abilities and the gifts and talents he's given to me. The fourth, and the last two I'm going to spend a little more time on, the fourth reason or incentive that God gives to us to serve him and to realize it's worth it all, because rewards will be presented to us, now listen, by Jesus Christ himself. I want you to turn to Matthew 25, if you would please, Matthew 25. In Revelation 22, 12, Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his works shall be. I know it's Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to read a few verses here, the parable of talents. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another and to, excuse me, and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other, other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou to joy of thy Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou to the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I would have received uh, mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he that hath uh, shall have abundance, and but him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Now I'm sure you've preached from the, this portion of Scripture before. Years ago when... <clears throat> 
I, we were raising some money for a building program. And so I, I used this, this parable of the talents to challenge our people. And so my wife and I took $1,200 of our own money and divided into increments of $2 for the children and, and for every adult, $5. And we told them, now, this is money that we want you to just go out and see how you can make it multiply. And so it was amazing. We, I told them we would come back on a certain Sunday night when, when we were done with raising money. And uh, you'd give testimony and tell how God used you and how you were able to raise what you raised and so forth. And it was just an amazing thing to hear the testimonies of the people and the children. This is what they did. They would buy some sugar and some lemonade, make lemonade. Then there's more money they got, they did some other things. It was just amazing. That $1,200 turned into $32,000. It was tremendous. And uh, they're, they're just amazing having people come up and testify. It was, they saw this parable come to, come to truth in their lives. Now, some people, I don't know what they did with my $5 or $2. <laughs> I've yet to see it. It's been a long time ago. One little girl got up, and she testified, and she was about 10 years old. She said, yeah, I said, uh, we raised this much money. And she said, my mom said that we did so well that we could keep some of it for ourselves. <laughs> I said, your mama lied to you. That's my money. What are you doing? You know, anyway. Here's this, this, really the gist of this story here. One man comes, and the master gives him five talents. And he loves his master so much that he goes out and invests it, and it doubles. The master comes back, and he says, Master... I just want you to know I love you. You've been so good to me and my family. You've given us so much. You've taken so wonderful care of us. And and I want to do my best for you. And so I took the, the talents that you gave me and I and I, I invested in them and, and, and they doubled. Here's here's ten talents instead of the five. Because you're so good to me. And the master was so pleased, he said, well done. Well done, that good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. The next man comes, and, and same story. He has two talents. Now he's got four. He's doubled them. He stands for his master. Master, you've been so good to me. You loved us. We love you as a family. You've taken care of us. you provided for us. Uh, you watch over us. Uh, you're a good master. And I want to do my best for you. And so I've taken the two talents that you, you gave to me, and, and, and I invested them. And, and by the grace of God, they doubled. And the master said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then the third guy came. He just had one talent. Same master who's been good to all of his servants, taking care of their families. But this, this third guy didn't really love his master. Now, the other two did. But this guy wanted everything he could get from his master. 
but he had no love for him. He didn't seek to please him and, and, and to do his best for him. And so he, he, he told his master, he said, well, I didn't do anything with, with that talent you gave me. I, I, I buried it in here. I dig it up, and here it is. And the master was displeased. He said, you could at least taken that one talent, put it in the bank, and got a point zero zero two percent interest on it. But you didn't do anything. Was the Lord pleased with him? Could he say, well done, a good and faithful servant? One of the reasons we should work and serve Christ and realize that it's worth it all to finish our course because one day we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to want to hear, well done, a good and faithful servant. I hope that you desire to hear that from the Lord. And he'll say it if we take what he's given to us and use it for his glory and honor, if we live for him, if we finish our course. And so... Yes, we serve Christ because we love him. Yes, we serve him because he's called us, because he loves us. But God says, the Lord says, I I, I want you to know that there's rewards for your faithful service. To keep you faithful to me and, and realize it's worth it all, even through the hardships of life. Even when you're 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 tempted and you stay faithful to me. You understand it's earned and not given. And one day I'll present your reward for being faithful. The last incentive and reason for the rewards. I want you to go to Revelation chapter 4. Our rewards will honor and glorify Jesus Christ. Now, Revelation chapter 4, there's two things I want to show you from this passage of Scripture. And the first one, I, I never, to be honest with you, I never really recognized it until I studied this passage of Scripture when I was preaching this to our people. First of all, the wearing of, the, of our crowns. You know, there are eternal rewards that we as believers can earn called crowns. And so notice in Verse 1, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. The first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper of a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, and sight like an emerald. I notice, and round about the throne were... Four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads what? Crowns of gold. Now, we're not going to go through looking up the scriptures for all these crowns. I think you know what they are. I'll mention them to you and give you the reference. Um, there's crowns that we can win the crown of rejoicing. That's the soul winner's crown. First Thessalonians 2 19. Into 20. In the Old Testament it says, They that sow in tears to reap in joy, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, so doubtless come again with rejoicing. 
bring seeds with him. And so if you have helped someone to get saved, and maybe you led them to the Lord, or you had a part of them getting saved, I believe you, that's, you can get the soul winner's crown. And then there's the incorruptible crown. First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. For those who have kept their bodies under, who have uh, overcome the flesh, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, um, there's the incorruptible crown. Then it's the crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy 4, when Paul said, um, the time my departure is at hand, I've fought a good fight, I've, I've, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith, henceforth there's laid for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous judge who give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. I want to ask you a question. Did you think this morning that Jesus could come today? There's something about God's people expecting God to come that God says, I'm going to reward that. One of the reasons is because it helps us to stay pure. And every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. And now the shall abide in him that we may, when he may appear, we may not be ashamed for him at his coming when he shall appear. And so God is, is looking at those who look for Jesus' return so much that it affects the way we live our lives for Christ. And so every day we should wake up and, and, and say, this could be the day. This could be the day. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Sometimes we're so busy, we've got so much going on, uh, that we, 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 we fail to remember that um, at any moment the Lord will come. We're, we're waiting for the trumpet to sound. Amen. And the Lord take us out of here. And that could happen any moment. It could happen before this, this, this service is finished. Everybody okay with that? Okay, I would be, then my allergies would be gone and everything would have a new body, amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And so God says there's a reward for those who, who are looking for his returning and longing for it and loving the fact that he's coming again. And then the fourth crown is the crown that I hope that you and I are going to receive one day, the crown of glory. First Peter 5, 1 through 4, that's the pastor's crown or pastor, associate pastor, um, shepherd's crown. And may I say this this morning, it's, it's not based on how many sheep that you pastor. It's based on how you pastor the sheep that God gave you. And so uh, that's the crown of glory. And then there's the last crown, the crown of life, Matthew five ten through 12. James 1.12 talks about that too. Revelation 2.9 and 10. It's called the martyr's crown. The way things are going in America today, we may be earning that crown. Now, I hope not. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily want to have to be martyred for the faith. But I believe if we're trusting Christ and, and we're living for the Lord, when that time comes, he'll give us grace to do that. But there are those even alive today that have been martyred for the faith in other countries. America's getting there. And so the crowns, the Bible says, and I, and I, I didn't realize this before, as I told you. Um, we believe these are old New Testament saints here, but regardless of what you believe on that, they were wearing crowns on their heads. So God is going to give us crowns, 
And for a while, um, we will wear them. But I want you to notice the second part of this. In uh, verse number 10, not only the wearing of the crown, but the worship with our crowns. In verse 10, the four and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We're going to wear the crowns. I don't understand all that. I just know that the Bible said they, had, they were wearing them, but not for long. At Jesus' coronation, um, we will take our crowns from off our heads and we'll cast them at Jesus' feet. Why? Because we're going to realize when we get to heaven, we don't deserve to be there. It's only by the grace of God that anybody's ever going to go to heaven. By grace are you saved through faith and yourself is the gift of God, not of works that any man should boast. So we're not going to be walking around heaven with crowns on and say, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. No, the God, we have those crowns for a short period of time, but the reason is because we're going to take those crowns and cast with the feet of the only one who's worthy to be praised. Unfortunately, for some Christians, they'll have nothing to cast at Jesus' feet. Because they were not faithful to the end. I want to tell you, men and women here today, pastors and pastors' wives and whoever else is here, don't lie to yourself and say it's not worth it all. It is worth it all. It's not worth it all just because of what we get out of it. It's worth it all because of what Christ gets out of it. He's worthy of our glory, honor, and power. And one day we'll want to be there and standing before, kneeling before the Lord and want to cast our crown saying, Jesus, you've been so good to me. You are worthy. Glory, honor, and power. And so, can I challenge you today in your ministries Stay at it. Don't quit. It's not just for you. You serve the Lord Christ. It's for his glory. It's what we're doing. Brother Skelly talked about it last night. It's not about us. It's about him. We get the privilege to be a part and to be able to serve God and to be blessed by being a Christian and to have him take care of us and provide our needs, and provide a place called heaven. And I believe that we can't, we can't even imagine, the Bible tells us that. I have not seen or ear heard, neither in the heart of man things, but God has prayer for them that love him. And Paul said, For I reckon the suffering of this present time not worthy to be compared to the glory which should be built in us. Wherever it is God has you, whatever it is he has you doing, It's worth it all. Stay with it. You say, Brother Gagliano, have you ever been discouraged? Where were you last week? (laughs) Have you ever been tempted to 
throw in the towel? I wish I could tell you no. But sure. God has blessed our ministry in a wonderful way, and I, I praise his holy name to be a part of it. It's the Lord's doing, but but yeah, the devil's still working. He works through God's people. And there's trials and testings and so forth that we all go through. But I have to keep reminding myself, it'll be worth it all one day. It'll be worth it all one day. I don't want to come short and have the Lord say to me one day, almost well done. (laughs) Or half done. Or nothing done. But we should all want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because he's worthy of all glory, honor, and power. You've been listening to a message from the Pensacola Christian College Enrichment Retreat. You're welcome to pass this message along to others, but we ask that you do not charge for it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. If you're a pastor or ministry leader, join us for the next Enrichment Retreat and experience a time of physical rest and spiritual refreshment. To learn more, visit EnrichmentRetreat.com.